Welcome back to Star Wars Escape Pod and another episode of Rebels Talk Part 8. We are so happy to have you join us once again in the Escape Pod. And uh, we hope everyone's been enjoying the uh, the binge, <laughs> the, the, the journey to Ahsoka coming out in August on Disney+. And uh, with me today is your esteemed co-host, Blake. And uh, we're going to be chatting about the next four episodes in Season 2 of Star Wars Rebels, which we will get into in just a moment. Stay tuned. Another happy landing. War is inevitable. One must destroy in order to create. We are no Jedi. I started hearing whispers of Thrawn's return as heir to the Empire. What happens when we find Thrawn? Power, such as you've never dreamed. I've spent most of my life fighting a war. That's why I'm trying to convince you to help me prevent another one. You and I both know who could help you with this. She's still just as stubborn as ever. I bet your master found you difficult at times. Anakin never got to finish my training. I walked away from him, just like I walked away from Sabine. You never made things easy for me. As a Jedi, sometimes you have to make the decision no one else can. But I'm counting on you to see this through. Nice haircut. Sometimes we have to do what's right, regardless of our personal feelings. Buckle up. If we don't stop Thrawn, everything will be in vain. You have no power. Anakin spoke highly of you. I'm not here to discuss my past. We have a lot of work to do. Once a rebel, always a rebel.
All right, welcome back, sir. Hello there. Hello there. And uh, that was a crazy trailer that uh, just came out for Ahsoka, which, well, we're all looking forward to that. But uh, I think I can't believe after, you know, binging, binging Rebels and then seeing like a live action Lothal like that. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. I just can't wait to season four when we finally see see, uh, Sabine as as a Jedi. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So I got something to say about that because I know people have opinions about this. And I think it's like, it's super obvious that like, okay, Kanan trained her in, you know, and again, like for those of you who are, have never seen Star Wars Rebels, you know, you're joining us for, for the ride. Uh, small spoilers for kind of later. But, um, you know, Sabine in Star Wars Rebels does not have the force, right? Like she's just a Mandalorian who's been trained by Kanan to use the Darksaber for a brief yes. period of time. But we don't know what happened after the end of Rebels. Because Sabine and Ahsoka were alone going to look for Ezra. Right. So my theory is that Ahsoka just continued that training. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as we've seen from the trailer uh, and recently Comic-Con, they had all the props on display. uh, Sabine uses Ezra's green lightsaber. So it's not her lightsaber. It's Ezra's lightsaber. And in the trailer, that character uh, who... Uh, and recently a bunch of Lego set. I'm going to talk to you about Lego in just a moment. Uh, Character named Shin, orange lightsaber, blonde hair. Mm -hmm. She says, you have no power. And like, they're clearly fighting each other, right? So like, I think there's like definitely something there that I think people can kind of be cued by. It's like, okay, she's she's fighting with a lightsaber, but she doesn't have the force. It's a bit like Bo-Katan or the Mandalorian with their dark saber. We're seeing more of the same thing. Okay, or or like, in trailer, you know, from a trailer perspective, this is like seeing Finn, Finn with a lightsaber. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, uh, where people are going nuts, me like, oh, he's got the power. He's a stormtrooper. That's a Jedi. Yeah. Um, no, I think it's just one of those one of those things that's like, uh, I don't know. Trailer, I think, is like messing with her head a little bit. But no, understand. No, I don't think she's got the force. I think, uh, I think, you know, I mean, technically, they all got midi chlorians. Otherwise, life would not exist. That's but. why, technically, by through George's speak, she could. Right. Use the force. Right. Exactly. And yeah. then we'd have two series almost back to back with Jedi Mandalorians. I <laughs> never existed before. If you ask me, I think she's just a non-force user who has been trained in the ways of lightsaber art form. If that makes sense, right? So, yeah. And I think the way that she says "master" to Ahsoka is kind of disdainful. It's kind of like a, you know. Kind of like an insult sort of thing. Tongue in cheek. Because she's not actually a Jedi, right? So, like, no one really should be calling her a master, technically. Maybe teacher or something. Instructor, mentor. But, like, she kind of phrases it like she's, like, a Padawan like Ezra used to be. And we know that Star Wars Rebels, like, Sabine is quite a sassy girl, right? Sure. So, like, I don't know. I'm I'm thinking, like, maybe that's what it was. I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts on that? I just really hope she's not a Jedi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think we have anything to worry about. Okay. Uh, Lego sets, new Lego sets. Right before we dive into Star Wars Rebels, new yeah. Lego sets announced. Did you said there was a new minifig, a Jedi Sabine minifig? New, yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, there is actually. <laughs> okay, there's so also, I think they already announced the the soundtrack, and there's a song called "Sabine Uses the Force." This is the force. <laughs> okay, so that's a joke. It's a callback to Phantom Menace. It is. Yeah. <laughs> so new Lego set. Uh, of course, we have a confirmation of the new Ghost, which is super cool. 
Um, new as in just a new set, or new as in the actual ship has been changed? Well, the ship, as they, as they re-release LEGO sets as time goes by, um, they do tend to, to alter them slightly. And I have the photos here. You can flick through if you like. Uh, I've got pictures of the, the new Ghost with an included Phantom version 2, as well as a, a, a picture of the original Ghost, which sits on the shelf right behind you there. And a picture of the original Phantom that you could buy separately, but that's the Phantom version one. Mm -hmm. And then there was also a Phantom version two that you but could buy separately. Two didn't fit in the exactly. In the ghost. Yeah. So I have the version one and the original Ghost. I don't have the version two, to my uh, regret, because the Thrawn minifigure has shot up in value. Oh, I wonder why. So flick through there. Oh, um, you know, I, you showed me this the other day in our, on the Discord channel. Yeah. Join the Discord. Join the Discord. <laughs> And the first thing I noticed is the new set doesn't have parts numbers. Yeah, they've... So I guess the prototype images just kind of don't... Don't... They remove that stuff, maybe? Because I was trying to figure out if it's, like, physically bigger or smaller. Yeah, no, parts, I think... There's the, no parts number. The size, believe it or not, I think is actually the same. Really? Yeah. Okay, that's surprising because everything gets smaller, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, I think the Ghost, they've actually managed to... So the one thing that I did think that they cheaped out on, though is the 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 phantom version 2 because technically that phantom version 2 is a separatist shuttle it's so and small. It, if you look up there i have one like i've got a blue clone wars era shuttle which actually fits people inside the cockpit and in the the main kind of double door bay there mm -hmm. and it's there's no way, way that would fit. no there's no way it would fit and that's part of the reason why the original one didn't actually fit right so that's why the version one fit in the original ghost and the version two didn't. So now they're selling the ghost at the same size with a modified Lego minifigure scale version two phantom that does fit in the back because chronologically that's what happens, right? Right. Like, so, um, yeah, I have a good look at those character minifigures mm -hmm. that it comes with. Can you yeah, uh, look at that. read the, the list? Chopper looks pretty goofy there. Um, so what do you get with the set? It's pretty blurry, so it's kind of hard to read names if I don't recognize them. But there's definitely Hero Chopper. Um, there's a Mon Calamari. Is some Mon Calamari guy, yeah. Um, Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> I think that's what the name looks like, but it's so blurry. Uh, and Jafar. Jafar, <laughs> what? I'm trying to read the words, but they're so fuzzy. Jason Sandula. Oh, see, he looks like Jafar. <laughs> 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 Jason well, look at the other Sandula. one, though, is it right? Forrest Whitaker. Oh, man. Yeah, so I guess anyone who... <laughs> yeah, like Forrest Whitaker. I think that says maybe New Republic officer or something? <laughs> it's basically the same thing. Yeah. I don't know. Like that's kind of funny. Anyway, it's not that hard to find these images online. There, there's actually like you know official. The photos have been released now. These sets are kind of out in the open. Uh, Comic Con's a thing, everybody. So you can find this news online. But um, you know, look look for yourself. Uh, some cool minifigures there, and uh, it looks like it's gonna be pretty sweet. One of three Ahsoka Lego sets. So the other two, I want to show you this one because this one really intrigues me. Is uh, an E-wing. Now in the EU. Oh, yeah. There has been Ewings, and we saw an Ewing in the trailer just now when Sabine is riding her speeder down the main street in Lothal. Oh, okay. Yeah, and there was yeah. one kind of hovering next to her. Yeah, so it looks like to me that the New Republic is using Ewings for their, like, maybe really partial military or something like that. Because mm -hmm. this one has, uh, it's called 
New Republic E-Wing versus Shin Hattie's Starfighter. So we get a look at Shin Hattie's Starfighter there as well. That's cool. It's like a, it almost looks like a Naboo Starfighter. A little a bit. Starfighter, yeah. A little bit, yeah. The minifigures, it comes with uh, Morgan Elizabeth, who yeah, we so were introduced you, you to. You take the image where everything is really crisp and you can read the names. <laughs> <laughs> you make me read the ones so blurry, you can't see anything. Well, like, I mean, it's blurry, but like I know her name already from Mandalorian. So, <laughs> uh, so Morgan Elizabeth there, um, Balin... What is it, Balin Skull, Balin Crawl, or whatever his name is? The you know the dude that we saw with the gray beard and stuff fighting Ahsoka. Shin Hati, as stated on the box, uh, Captain Porter, I think it says. Porker. Porker. Captain Porkins too. Porkins. Yeah, it's Porkins. <laughs> and a New Republic astromech droid as well. So so there's that set cool. as well. So that you get the villains with that set. And then the last set that's being released is a new T6 Jedi shuttle. Which uh, with a new Ahsoka minifigure, uh, live action style, mm-hmm. clear blades, um, oh, yeah. uh, with the lightsabers, and this set comes with Sabine wielding Ezra's lightsaber in her Does Ahsoka. Does it say that in the character description? Uh, well, no, it's on the picture right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, and then an arrow from Lego, and it says. Ezra's lightsaber. <laughs> I think they're calling it's like a Force Awakens thing, though. Technically, they're calling it hers now. Um, you get David Tennant's uh, character that we were introduced to in Clone Wars. Oh, the droid. Yeah. yeah the lightsaber uh, droid. What's his name again? It's a lightsaber droid, Josh. The lightsaber Sabine droid. You can make a lightsaber with a lightsaber droid. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, what if we'll repair the darksaber? Oh, it didn't happen yet. No. Timelines. Yeah. Right? Uh, Wait, Dr. No. Hugh Yang. I'm, no. Hu so, Yang. So... This actually is a question. Did they announce when this takes place? Ahsoka? Is, yes. Uh, is it before or after Mando Season 3? It's sideline Season 3. Okay. So it's while the Darksaber breaks. Yeah, and it's also after her Season 2 appearances with the training of Grogu during the Book of Boba Fett mm-hmm. and all that stuff. I think it kind of like takes place after that when she leaves. So. Okay, yeah. I think this show will really put into perspective just like when things all fall into place. But yeah, I think, yeah. Uh, so also you get uh, a look at the Inquisitor that we saw from the trailer as well with the medieval looking armor and mask. And on the box, they revealed his name and his name is Merrick. Do you recognize that name? No. Okay. <laughs> um, so... It's interesting that he doesn't have a name like Twelfth Brother or whatever. Uh, yeah. You know, because as we know from Rebels and Jedi and all these other stories now that a lot of these Inquisitors have like a title, right? Yeah. But I think now that the Empire is kind of gone, mm-hmm. maybe like I don't really know who he's fighting for anymore. So it's very, very interesting to kind of like see there's still an Inquisitor alive, like the last Inquisitor, right? Even outlived Darth Vader. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, who's he fighting for? Like, who's he aligned with? Who am I? Who will you become? <laughs> Book on it. Book on it! <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Merrick, everybody. I don't know. Like, it'll be interesting. Uh, I think our next book review, though, maybe maybe we'll get some information on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rise of the... We- Inquisitor, Rise of the Red Blade, just released, uh, written by... Uh, uh, oh, shoot. What's her name again? <laughs> Uh, Red Blade, I think Del- Delilah Dawson, I think Delilah, yes, Delilah S. Dawson, yeah. So that'll be our next one. Mm-hmm. We'll get to it eventually. 
There's a lot to do, though. We're going to go through all the junior novels first. We got to go through Rebels first. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody. Uh, season two, episode nine. Let's get into it. All right, season two, episode nine, Stealth Strike, written by Matt Michnovitz, directed by Brad Rao, premiered November 25th, 2015 on Disney XD. Guest stars Derek Patridge, Keon Young, and Matthew Wood. Ezra and Commander Sato are captured when a new Imperial weapon, an experimental interdictor cruiser, generates a gravity well strong enough to pull ships out of hyperspace. Hera sends Kanan, Rex, and Chopper to rescue them using a stolen shuttle. Stormtrooper armor, and Rex's knowledge of Imperial codes and protocols to infiltrate the cruiser. Although Kanan's lingering distrust of Rex initially hampers the mission, Ezra and Chopper head to the reactor to sabotage the cruiser. But Rex is captured as he and Kanan escort Sato and his crew to the shuttle. Kanan heads back to rescue Rex and uh, they deploy an escape pod. That's right, everybody. An escape pod. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, after that chopper, uh, as chopper sabotage causes the gravity well projectors to overload, pulling the other Imperial cruisers towards the interdictor and destroying it. Uh, this is, uh, to note, this is the last episode to take place in four BBY. So it is officially the last episode in rebels that takes place four years prior to the battle of Yavin in star Wars, a new hope to give you an idea of the timeline. So we're basically three years out now from Rogue One. Okay. Yeah. Um, the Gravity Well Ship, Interdictor class. I believe this is the first time that we were introduced to it in any kind of Star Wars lore, but I could be mistaken. Uh, there's a possibility maybe it was an EU thing once again that was brought into canon. Yeah, I think it was. I, I think we talked about this with Bryce at one point. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, 150 podcast episodes ago. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I think it's something like, was from like an obscure game. It was a comic. I think it was in a comic. Oh, it's been in a few things. Yeah, I'm just looking now. Thank you again, Wikipedia. Uh, X-Wing Rogue Squadron, first appearance. X-Wing Rogue Squadron, number five, which was a Dark Horse comic series. Yeah, I thought so. February 13th, 1996. Woo! Yeah, it's been a while. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's a neat a, idea. I mean, it makes a lot of sense that this is something that would exist for the Empire, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's cool to see that return. Uh, okay. I had a big problem with this. Rex and Cody inventing security codes for the Republic military at the time, which is still being used, sounds like a massive security flaw, <laughs> but also extremely unlikely. Not once in the entire Clone Wars show did we see them making these codes and i know there's a lot of stuff that happens between the episodes and around you know outside of our camera lens that we get the snapshot of the clone wars in those seven seasons but um i just thought it was kind of odd because in the first theatrical clone wars release he reveals to us as an audience and to the other characters that he was not part of the battle of geonosis he's not part of the first generation of clones rex you mean yeah so i would imagine that anyone who came up with those codes and protocols would have likely been part of the first batch Mm -hmm. and also therefore higher ranking officers 
when the Clone Wars got a little heated with the Battle of Christophsis. I have a question if the clones even did that, because they probably would be working on this stuff while raising the clones. I, so you're exactly right. Yeah. Done maybe by people like you, Lauren, yeah. Tarkin, you know, officers that were like Around. military people, but like, you know, above the, the, the clones. Man- Mandalorian trainers. Yeah. I just, you know, too. Like, you know, no offense to the characters, but like... Dawn Mandalorians. Yeah, I feel like some random captain and commander in the clone army just would not be the ones to invent codes. most of those codes and Mid, protocols. Mid-war. Yeah. I was like, I feel like they kind of did it for the sake of the episode story, but yeah, it just seemed like, like a bit of a... It's like, that d- didn't need to be there. It's like, okay, yeah, sure, like Rex knows all this stuff. Did he really have to be the that guy that lie. came up with it? Right. Like, that seems so unlikely. Yeah. <sighs> I think it was more of an artistic choice. Yeah. Showing that if you, like the grizzled old war v- veteran who's kind of like been around the block. Which is like way more important than he needs to be. Yeah, I guess. He wasn't even, yeah. the thing is he wasn't even a commander. He was a captain. Did I get that right? Yeah. He was a captain, yeah. But then he, at the very end of Clone Wars, he was promoted to, cap- to commander oh, in, was he? in okay. order to lead the troops with Ahsoka to Mandalore. Ah, that's right. Right at the very, very end. Yeah, right at the very end. So does that mean the Commander Rex? Yeah, technically. Lego figures? Like technically the Commander Rex. Super rare and we're like worth a lot of money. I don't think... Did they release a Lego figure for Rex as a Commander? I don't think they did. Maybe I'll make one. Yeah. I think the only Season 7 Clone Wars set there was was like the, 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 Maul, the Maul versus yeah. Ahsoka one. Yeah. I didn't get that one, but I, I don't know. I always see it everywhere. It's on the discount shelf forever. Yeah, I know. It's just because it's so dinky and small. You're paying 30 bucks for like two minifigures and like a chair. You might be able to sell the Ahsoka for that back, but. Well, that's what, that's the funny thing is like when I went to a local toy shop where they like, you know, resell a lot of these things. Um, there was, <laughs> there was a few of them that was like chair 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 in the used lego section <laughs> always the minifigures were gone yeah yeah exactly. so people are just buying them for the minifigs and then and just selling the, the it's like it's a couple bricks like you don't have a lego box <laughs> <laughs> like seriously like, man no, like no spare bricks yeah like no spare no brick should go spared in the drawer like <laughs> they all must be sold i throw away the extra parts yeah um okay so what I thought was really funny was uh, an officer who has Ezra in custody. You know, he, he meets Ezra for the first time. And uh, Ezra does the same trope that we always yeah. do. He's like, yeah, and what's your name? Jabba the Hutt. Like, you know, he just spits it out there again. Mm-hmm. And he it's so funny because, like, Callus knows that about all this, right? So he's informed his, like, fellow officers about, like, Ezra's... You know, he's got a file, right? He's got a file. He, like, goes as these names, these mm-hmm. nicknames that he comes up with, which are characters that we are familiar with. And, uh, you know, like, I love how he says, like, uh, a young one who calls himself Jabba the Hutt. And, you know, because he's talking to Callus on the mm-hmm. phone. He's like, yeah, we have a, and we have a young kid who calls himself Jabba the Hutt. And immediately he interrupts. He's like, you have Ezra Bridger. <laughs> I was like, I, I actually like, I was like, you know what? If all those previous times that uh, he's done this has led to this moment, it was, it was, it worth, was worth it. Off. Yeah, it was yeah. worth the payoff. But it can stop now. You know, it's I like, I think it okay. will because I think, I think it's this episode where then he calls him out as Ezra. Yeah, but it's like an insult too, right? So he's like, or no, like as Jabba. He calls him out as Jabba, you mean? No, maybe it's, maybe it's in the later episode. I can't remember specifically which scene it was now, but like one of the officers is, Ah, and we know a a boy that calls himself Jabba. Yeah. Ezra Bridger. 
And then Ezra's like, <gasps> yeah, <laughs> he's like surprised. He's by like, it. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, they, they found out. They finally figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably the last we'll see of that. <laughs> yeah. I think so. Um, Kanan begins to trust Rex in this episode, which is kind of nice. Cause you know, I mean, what they had going on between them for the last couple of episodes, like, I don't like to see conflict like that go on forever in a show like this. And it's, like, it didn't make a lot of sense. Didn't make a lot. Of, no, it didn't make a lot of sense. From Kanan's perspective, sure, he was upset. We kind of got that background, but why was Rex so upset with Kanan? That's the thing. It's <laughs> like, he, like Kanan's the one with the PTSD. It just seemed kind of out of character for Rex to sort of be, 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 a, be a little, be a little bit of jerk to him. Yeah, I don't know. I just like. Uh, is it his like old man status that's kind of like bringing maybe. him up to a different level? Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Blaster training, Jedi training, blaster training, Jedi training. Yeah, exactly. Um, that was all I called out for this one. Do you have anything you want to bring up, or should I uh, hit problems and poodoos? It was mostly just fun. The main thing was the reintroduction of the ship, which I thought was going to become more prominent. The interdictor. Yeah, the interdictor, yeah. but we never. I don't think we ever see it again. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it's a it's a ship and a technology that maybe they just wanted to exist in the lore. I mean, like as we know, Dave is one of those people that constantly has a pattern of doing that, right? Including bringing back Thrawn and you know so many popular EU things, which is a wise choice because like it, they're things that fans have been accustomed to prior to the Disney acquisition. They're things that fans enjoy. Like why change things so drastically? Like like how the sequels came out and. You know, no one felt connected to those films because they just didn't really fit into, like, Star Wars lore that we were familiar with. And they just felt so out of place. And, yeah, makes sense. You, you know, know, after the uh, the great culling of the Disney acquisition. Yeah. It, I, I'm very appreciative of that, of Dave, like, sneaking stuff in one piece yeah. at a time. Yeah, reestablishing, like, you know, the old EU in, in, in canon. The cool stuff. But yeah, the cool stuff. Yeah, but that... I just, it, it it does annoy me in the fact, though, like, this is such a powerful technology that they now have proof that it works. Mm. They have all these resources to build a second Death Star, but they're not going to build any more of these things. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, it wasn't testing. Like, yeah. they did say, like, it's kind of an experiment. And at the end of this episode, the experiment went terribly wrong when Chopper did what he did. <laughs> so they lost their prototype. But then on top of that, it's like maybe they kind of realized, oh, it's a bit of a risk to like have Just such a weapon. Sucked in all the Star Destroyers. Yeah. And like the only way that it can not be a hazardous is if we just keep it kind of further away from all our ships, but then we can't right. defend it properly. Right. So I can kind of see where that went. But it's also the same kind of thing as like with the Tide Defenders. Right. It's the same kind of story there with Thrawn's project with the Defenders and, and all that. Um, anyone who's kind of read the Thrawn trilogy, the newer one from Timothy Zahn or, or watched ahead of us and you're well into season three already of Star Wars Rebels, perhaps you have a, you know, already been introduced to that idea. But, uh, the, you know, some of these some of these elements that kind of came up in the animated series because they were pulled in from the EU, there's got to be a reason for them kind of not to exist or not to show up in the live action series and if they and if they well i mean the, the original yeah. trilogy that is right but yeah. if they don't show up in those films i like how dave's kind of carried some of that stuff over to the live action disney plus shows in a way of kind of make, making or making it seem more continuous yeah and like maybe these things are more regional yeah 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the galaxy is a big place, right? There's a lot of also unexplored areas, and somehow a Death Star was built without anyone noticing. So, I mean, you know. Not one, but two. But two, that's right. Uh, Pablo points or Pudus? I would say... I would say... Uh, 0.5 Pablo points. I'm thinking, yeah, I'm making one Pablo point, and that's I give it a Bendu, but the interdictor is super cool. That is cool. Yeah, it is. Cool. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, for those who who are new to Star Wars Escape Pod, <laughs> you have no idea what we're talking. About. You have no idea what we're talking about. Uh, our rating system is kind of a quirky, funny rating system. It's a scale of seven. Three Pablo Pudus being absolute worst of the worst, zero percent. Moving up from there, you got two Pablo Pudus, one Pablo Pudu. And uh, 50% score is a Bendu, the one in the middle. And uh, again, reference to season three of Rebels. Um, yeah, Pablo <laughs> points is one, two, and three, three being the absolute best of the best of the best. Uh, rarely do we ever give a three to anything. It's mostly ones, twos, Bendus. I think the worst we've gotten was two Pudus, I think. Two for me. Uh, Bryce has awarded a three Pudu oh, for something. What was it for? Did I think it was for a, it was for a Bad Batch episode. I think it was the one oh, that's man. called Pabu. Pabu got three Pablo Pudus. Yeah. Or like Pabu Pudus, I guess. Pablo, yeah, Pabu Pudus. <laughs> Pablo. <laughs> uh, the reason why we go with Pablo Pudus and Pablo points is because our fellow Canadian Pablo at Lucasfilm. We just love cracking jokes. And uh, we've named our rating system after him. That's so right. there you go, Pablo. If you're listening, you're welcome. Feel free to tweet us, Pablo, and tell us on our scale where you rate our scale. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How many poodoos, How many poodoos points? or points would you rate our Pablo points and poodoos rating system? <laughs> <laughs> Season two, episode nine, Stealth Strike. Uh, that is, uh, that's, that's that. Uh, let's move up to Season 2, Episode 10, The Future of the Force, written by Bill Wolkoff, directed by Saul Ruiz. Premiered December 2nd, 2015 on Disney XD. Guest stars Derek Partridge, Keon Young, and Matthew Wood. Ahsoka for informs Kanan that she's continuing her investigation on the Sith Lord Darth Vader, but finding information on him is difficult. In the meantime, she receives word of two sets of coordinates that cross the Imperial Net. She heads to look into one of them while dispatching Kanan, Ezra, Zeb, and Chopper to the other. Ahsoka arrives at her location first, a ransacked passenger ship adrift in space, and finds signs of weapon damage all over. The lone survivor, a grandmother, claims two red blades kidnapped her grandchild from her and disappeared. Ahsoka informs the team at their destination on a distant planet that the two Inquisitors are involved. Zeb and Chopper locate the Inquisitors' fighters at the spaceport and reclaim the baby stored in one uh, before destroying them. Uh, while <laughs> An Inquisitor baby. <laughs> uh, while Kanan and Ezra find the distressed mother of the second child, Chopper takes the first child to the Phantom Shuttle while Zeb encounters the Inquisitors on the street after relieving the fleeing droid on the second baby of the second baby. Sorry. Kanan, Zeb, and Ezra discover that the children are Force-sensitive and were targeted by the Inquisitors to ensure that they do not become Jedi. They attempt to lose the Inquisitors, though, through a housing block on their way back to the shuttle, but are overpowered by them. Ahsoka appears and easily defeats both of the Inquisitors 
while the rest of them escape, using the force to jump up and join them in the shuttle as it passes overhead. The rebels escape, but not before one of Seventh Sister's probe droid hears that Ezra says they're going back to planet Corel. Um, that was so stupid. Yeah, the, the fact that Ezra was the one who pointed out to Kanan, hey, get back. And then like probe droid comes down, right? And then when it goes away, they go into the building. And then when he leaves the building, he forgets about the probe droid. And it comes down. It's like, dude, you're the one who pointed it out. Like, how could you forget that? And then like right outside the door is like, oh, maybe you could, maybe you'll like it back on Garel. Like, yeah, just talking to an infant. Just talking to a baby. About. Yeah. It's like, dude, come on, man. Like, it's like, how think, stupid can you? Do you think Ezra realized how many rebel pilots died after this because of this one? It's mistake? all his fault. And he never clues in it's his fault. No, you're right. He never figures it out. Never figures it out. Never comes up later. Um, this is to note the first episode that takes place in three BBY. Uh, so it's the first episode that marks three years before all the events of Rogue One and A New Hope. Um, Ahsoka's conversation about Vader to me indicated that she really hasn't brought herself to believe that it's Anakin, but she's investigating more. And the way that she talks about it to Canon is so casually that, yeah. So we talked about this during the, the season one finale or season two opener. opening. Yeah. yeah. Cause the, we were left the speculation up cause you thought that she figured out Vader was Anakin. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure she didn't. I'm pretty sure she just hadn't felt a Sith Lord since, like, Do- Dooku. Doku. Doku. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, okay. So, so this is one of those weird moments where, like, I'm, I kind of, I have that opinion only because I know what happens later. Well, I think it's revealed to her later. Yeah. And, and <laughs> it's something is mentioned verbally that she's, like, always known. Mm-hmm. But she can't, like, she hasn't brought herself to believe that's him, mm-hmm. right? So it's one of those weird moments where it's like, oh, yeah, we just, we forgot about all of that. And uh, I don't know, maybe she's just kind of nonchalantly, you know, yeah, I've been looking into that Sith Lord. And, uh, you know, I came across some stuff. So I don't know. I mean, to me, it was a bit strange that she wasn't more like solemn about how she brought it up to Kanan, but. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe I'm going too into deep, too too deep into this. But it was pretty um, in passing. Yeah, it was pretty in passing. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was for something that she kind of had like such a harsh connection to. Mm-hmm. Like she blacked out, right? Like nobody does that when they like sense a Sith Lord. That's true. Unless she was just sensing them so intently. Like Vader blocked her out of you know he's he cut, did the uh, yeah. he did the the thing that Snape was teaching Harry to do. <laughs> Legitimus! This <laughs> is like the, to block out the. Yeah, the, I don't remember the name of it. It's a specific kind of like. Or, uh, yeah. Discipline of, of magic. Yeah. And then Harry does the backfire thing. He's like, Potato! And then he like Potato. does it back and then, yeah, sees like Snape's childhood. Anyways. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I just thought like, okay. You ca- deep down, deep down, you know it's or him. Is that it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Occlumency. Occlumence. Occlumency or something. Roughly yeah. what it is. Yeah. Oh, whatever. It's a, Star Wars, it's a Star Wars podcast. <laughs> Potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Back on topic. Expect some carrot soup. <laughs> oh what was um, yeah. All right. All right. So, uh, yeah. So the plot line of kidnapping kids tends to be a repeating plot line with Palps. Uh, we've seen this plot line before mm-hmm. in Clone Wars. 
Though then it was to train them in the dark side. Now they think it's just so they don't become Jedi. Yeah, something like that. Because we always thought this is how they recruited more Inquisitors. Yeah, uh, and it's, you know, it's something that's possible that they may have had hopes with. Maybe if they captured some Force-sensitive children, maybe they thought, oh, well, we can we can train these kids as Inquisitors, right? Because Palpatine, in the Clone Wars, when he had the whole kidnapping children plot line, um, that played up later when Pong Krell betrayed the clones and admitted to them that he was not a Sith Lord but also not a Jedi anymore and said that something about how he envisioned himself as an agent of Dooku uh, among, you know, I, I think he indicated the fact that there were going to be, there was going to be a movement of like dark side Jedi that basically betray their own, right? Something like that. Low un, or unbeknownst to him, there was only seven. <laughs> Seven, seven, seven inquis inquisitors. Yeah. No, oh, there's more. I think there's 10, more. Jedi. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah. No, I think yeah. Total count, I think, is like between twelve and fourteen. But yeah, it was like there was not very many. They really got to work on the recruiting. Yeah, they really do. Yeah. At the same time, though, I mean, this whole time we thought that. I mean, before Star Wars Rebels came out, we thought that it was just Anakin, right? That's true. So. And Star Killer. It's more than more than nothing. Believe but, that. Yeah. Um, she refers to the, the grandma, she refers to the Inquisitors as the two red blades. Uh, this is not the first time this has happened. There were, uh, someone in Clone Wars, I believe, referred to Maul and Savage Press as bl red blades as well. And incidentally, it's also the title of the latest Star Wars book, um, Rise of the Red Blade Inquisitor, the one I was just mentioning that we were going to talk about in our next book review. It's called Inquisitor Rise of the Red Blade. It's all coming together. Yes. Everything is proceeding as I have foreseen. Do you find it interesting, though, that they're specifically now going after kids because they're worried about them being as annoying as Ezra? Man, wouldn't that be, uh, wouldn't that be something? I mean, they didn't do it before, but now that... We need less children in the galaxy like Ezra Bridger. <laughs> Called out specifically by Palpatine. Yeah. He is annoying. <laughs> Get him. Get them all. Do it. Wipe them out. All of them. All of him. <laughs> all of the children. And then bring them to me. Uh, Ahsoka's moment is super epic. When she comes out of the double doors, mm -hmm. white glowing behind her, steam coming out. Totally just ruins the Inquisitors. You know, it doesn't kill them or anything. She could have, but, you know, it doesn't. Yeah, that was something that was like... a good idea to do that. I mean, she in the in the Tales of the Jedi episode where she, uh, where she bests that Inquisitor in, like, five seconds flat, you know, that was something that was like, dude, she killed that guy. Why can't she kill these people? But well, whatever. Kids show, again. Again, purpose of the story, right? Yeah. And that's something that's always bothered me about Rebels. Yeah. It's just not mature enough, you know? It's just, it's for younger viewers, right? So they can't always constantly kill people in every well, episode. What's I got a point. But that's what so, I want to see. So <laughs> in, I think it's season one, they call, when they capture Kanan or whatever, yeah. and they, they specifically call out their cell is the only cell that doesn't kill anyone. Yeah. But they never said, uh, other than Ezra, they never use stun. 
Right. So how are they not killing people? I don't know, but like none of them. I mean, recently, like they've been killing a lot more stormtroopers. Yeah, but that's but even the first season. They weren't really, really using stun. Right. Not all the time. They took a lot more shoulder hits and stuff, though. And now they're going like, I don't know. They're they're going they a little more anymore. a little more intense on the stormtroopers, but it's 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 still like it could be it could be better. You know, it could be it's like, like Batman when he, he's he's given up. Not yeah, people. like the de- the deaths of the clones and Clone Wars were were just they were, they were just better. They were just done better. You know what I mean? More charred bits, more more sparks, more uh, um, it's more more. Gory, you saw the holes, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, anyway, bring on the violence. Yeah. Uh, Ahsoka's Disney XD put it back in Cartoon yeah, Network. Yeah, exactly. Disney XD. Ahsoka's moment though was pretty cool. Um, you know, very very much. Falling into that samurai place that she's kind of brought herself to, she's you know, deactivates her lightsabers and literally uses the force to like sense when that seventh sister is coming down with hers and just grabs the hilt and just throws it away and then yeah, that was pretty cool. Pushes her up against the pillar. That was pretty sweet. Um, so yeah, why lots didn't... of cool stuff. Right in that scene though, she grabs her saber. Like, why didn't she cut or like break the her saber or something? So she tosses know. it, and then of course it just immediately comes back in. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, that's the first thing I thought of. It's one of those things, right? It's just one of those things that's like, again, purpose of the story. Not a huge fan of some of the choices that they've made, but at the same time, it's like you could always just make another Inquisitor, but because that's why they're a thing. Could you imagine that if we had a monster of the week inquisitor? So it's like every week was a new one because I just right. kept beating them. Okay, now that would be that would be bad. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> oh my god, you I want Kenny. too many. Yeah, too many. That's a little ridiculous. But um, all right, Pablo points of Pudus. What did you think of this one? The Soka duel was pretty cool, and I like that it's connecting to Clone Wars story. Hmm. I also know that some of the episodes coming up are a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep keep stall. I think at one Pablo point. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm with you there. One Pablo point. Um, better than the la- I liked it more than the last one. And uh, yeah, the lightsaber duel kind of it, it sold it. I've got my gripes about it, but it was it was a good episode it's because a cool of that. Watch. And uh, you know, and I also like that scene where Zeb and Kanan like run out the window. And then they land on a speeder. And Zeb's oh, that's like, right. A speeder! Genius! How, How did you know? How did you know? <laughs> it's like, I, I didn't. didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> Season 2, Episode 11, Legacy, written by Henry Gilroy, directed by Mel Zwire, I think it is. Mel Zwire. Uh, premiered December 2nd, 2015, on Disney XD. Stars Derek... Partridge, Keon Young, and Matthew Wood. Ezra has a vivid dream about his parents, which he is convinced is a vision, which will lead him to discover their fate. Hera and Kanan reveal that they have secretly spent months investigating Imperial prisons and have heard about a recent prison break. As the coast prepares to return to Lothal to investigate Ezra's vision, the Imperial fleet arrives at Garel base, uh, based on the intelligence from the Seventh Sisters probe droid, which overheard Ezra Bridger. Uh, Ezra and Kanan escape to Lothal in the Phantom, while the Ghost remains behind to assist the escape of the Rebel fleet. On Lothal, Ezra follows a Lothcat, which appeared in his dream to Prisoner X-10, 
one of the escapees who is the former governor of Lothal, Ryder Azadi. Azadi tells Ezra that his parents heard his broadcast and it inspired them to organize the prison break in which he had escaped from. However, Ezra's parents had been killed during the breakout. While saddened at his parents' death, Ezra takes solace in that they heard his message and Kanan comforts him by telling him that his parents live on inside of him. Uh, to note, this is the last episode which aired before the release of Star Wars The Force Awakens oh, in 2015. This was a really good episode, so I can see why they would have left in a hangar like that. It was a good episode, yeah. And uh, crazy to think that his parents were actually alive throughout the entire course of events in season one, thinking that he was alone and that they were dead that whole time, and then getting so close to realizing, oh, they were actually alive and they heard my message. Like, that's crazy. It is very crazy. So, did they put an actual point in time how far before this episode in trying to find them that they actually passed? Yeah, so um, I guess this being the 11th episode of season two, we're like exactly halfway through season two at this point. I don't know when the prison break happened, but it happened kind of within recent, recent, like last few months sort of idea. Maybe, maybe, maybe even like the last few kind of like weeks sort of thing, right? Man, could you imagine that? Oh, the man. force, the force gives you a vision to rescue your parents three weeks after they're dead. Pretty nuts, right? Like, it's kind of a dick move. Yeah, totally. Uh, so this character, Ryder, I mean, used to be the governor of Lothal. Uh, cool character. You know, really liked his character. He's actually, uh, he's voiced by uh, a familiar, he should be on the guest stars, but he's actually not. Uh, he's voiced by Clancy Brown, uh, also known as the voice of Savage Press, also known okay. as the uh, as also known as the voice actor who plays Mr. Krabs. Uh, legendary <laughs> voice actor. Legendary. Money, 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 money. Yeah, so he's he's a legendary voice actor. So he plays he plays um, Ryder, and uh, I thought it was uh, interesting that they start kind of giving Ezra these premonitions. Mm -hmm. Premonitions. Mm -hmm. <laughs> It's funny, though, how when Anakin got them was all these warnings and he made all the wrong mistakes and whatever. But Ezra did basically the same thing. He took them very literally, but it led him where he needed to go instead of... Yeah. Well, I guess technically... Did you like that or did you not like that? Well, it's interesting then because you never know how to take the Force's visions. Yeah, exactly. Are literal or not? Are you actually causing yourself harm by following them or are you... Can cause yourself harm by not following them. I think so. that that's just it, right? It's like the, the the force is trying to tell him something, just as it was trying to tell Anakin or just anyone who has a vision. I mean, even uh, even Luke in the sequels, you know, with his vision of of Kylo Ren of Ben Solo, you know, he sensed the darkness growing and uh, decided to act badly on it and ended up causing you know much much like Vader, much like Anakin, repeating a, a series of events. You know that if he did nothing, it wouldn't have happened, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, Ezra's vision, it's a much more child-friendly variation of that, where it Look just it led him to where he needed to be, but the result was just not what he was expecting. Right. So I think it was more of a story of like, hey, take it with a grain of salt. You know, don't get your hopes up. Mm -hmm. You know, this is not going to go the way 
this is not going to go the way you think. That's true. Uh, so. He gets pretty obsessed with it, too, right? So it's like there's a point where they run into the two Inquisitors, and he just, like, is filled with rage and, like, runs at them. Yeah. And Kanan just doesn't bring it up. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was pretty crazy. I kind of like that, though. I kind of like that he had the confidence to do that. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah, not, but so did that Mon Calamari with General Grievous, and he got sliced and diced and just sashimi. Oh, that was right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we see uh, Ezra's vision of Lothal in the future of this episode at the very end. He has a vision of a white city of Lothal. And ironically enough, it's the white city on, on Lothal that we see in the trailer uh, of Ahsoka oh, just yeah, now. I thought I recognized that. But also, it's the white city that we see, uh, again, spoilers, for the end of season four of Star Wars Rebels. Uh, but we do actually end up seeing that city after Lothal has recovered from the atrocities that have happened there. With the uh, Empire. With the Empire. And I don't know how... Uh, how they could have built a sick city so quickly. But, it, didn't uh, it look like Alderaan? Kind of, yeah. I mean, it's it's like a city in like in the in the Lothal Plains, mm-hmm. right? But uh, a city nonetheless. And it's the one that we see Sabine driving her speeder towards in, in the Ahsoka trailer. But uh, he has a vision of that city. And it's the one that we see at the end of Star Wars Rebel Season 4. And it's also just kind of... I think in my own opinion, I thought to myself... Always, anytime I see anything Dave does, I, I have to remember Dave's a huge Lord of the Rings fan. Mm. So for me, when I saw that moment of his vision of the of the White City, right, it just kind of reminded me of Minas Tirith. Yeah, and I thought to myself, like, oh, this is this is drawing a drawing a subtle parallel between perhaps the vision that that um, that Pippin has. Mm. That Mary is it? No, Pippin, right? It's Pippin. Pippin, yeah. yeah. That Pippin has of the White City. Uh, of course, a much darker story. The city's on fire, and, and Ezra saw Lothcat instead of a, a tree. Yeah, exactly, fire. exactly. But I think the whole story can be taken as inspiration from something that came out of Tolkien's writing. So I thought that was very cool. I thought that was very good. That's a good parallel. I didn't actually consider that. Pablo points or Pudus. I I'm, like this one a lot. Um. I'm going to give it two. I'm, yeah, I would say at least a two. I might even give it... Yeah, actually, could have been a little better. I'll, I'll give it two and a third. Just, Ooh, just, okay. Just, well, that's pretty good. That's pretty I, high. I was really happy. With, I thought there was really good story to, like story arc development for Ezra in this. There's good emotion, it, too. It kept me engaged. Maybe it's because the last two were a little bit lower. And yep. then this one, to me, just it felt uh, above and beyond. Yeah, and it's also like some really hardcore emotion there with his parents and everything in that story. Yeah. like. That was that was a huge thing to digest, even just as a viewer, like to to know that they were alive in season one, mm-hmm. and like what Zebo was saying that Rodian that they met, and you know he knew what happened to Ezra's parents. Like that's what we've been waiting for this entire time in season yeah. one when they picked up that Rodian. Right. Who, he revealed to Hera what he knew, and we never discovered what he knew as an audience and that was part of it for me too that this episode started putting a lot of the puzzle pieces together. yeah it resolves all that so now we know oh Hera has been looking into it this entire time like she she probably found out from Zebo they were captured by the Empire and brought to a containment uh, you know a, a, an encampment somewhere like a prison camp and uh, that her and Kanan have been secretly 
looking into this as the months have gone by just to spare Ezra the the false hope of maybe perhaps getting too obsessed with the idea that that they're still out there looking for him or whatever and uh it was a i think it was a good sort of like what i would call like a parenting call on their part just to kind of you know let's just look into this on our own and then like when we find out what happened we'll yeah, tell him right to get his hopes up i mean look what he did exactly he basically just ran you know full tilt into it exactly yeah so i thought it was a it was a really well written episode and resolved a lot of some you know questions that we had which season one you know really sort of sparked up uh season two episode 12 a princess on lothal written by stephen melching directed by bosco ing premiered january 20th 2016 on disney xd guest stars clancy brown julie dolan and liam o'brien while Ezra grapples with the news about his parents, the rebels make plans with Senator Bail Organas to secure three much-needed cruisers. Leading the mission is an agent hand-picked by the senator, his daughter, Princess Leia. Leia meets up with Kanan and Ezra, plans to have the rebels steal her ship so as to not reveal Alderaan's support. However, their plans are thwarted when the Imperial security proves to be much stronger than expected. The trio link, link back up with the rest of the Ghost crew, rescuing Azadi from an Imperial patrol in the process. Leia then inspires the crew to come up with a plan to steal the cruisers, with Leia distracting the guards while the Phantom provides air support, and Azadi disables the gravity locks on the cruisers. This is uh, Azadi. We're talking about Ryder Azadi that we met in the last episode. Uh, and uh, just like that, I've uh, lost my place. Oh, here we go. The plan is a success uh, with the rebels stealing all three cruisers while Leia blames the Imperials for their failure to protect them. Inspired by the actions of Leia and the rebels, Ryder Azadi decides to join the cause again. Um, so this was a special episode. I mean, to see Leia in her sort of senatorial duties. Mm-hmm prior to her being leader of the rebellion that we knew her to be in episode four. Yep. And leading directly into where we see her in a new hope. Yeah, totally. At the end of Rogue One and Vader calls her out as being like a a rebel sympathizer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, uh, and well in episode four, I think she, he calls her a rebel spy. There you go. I believe, uh, traitor. Yeah. There was something really interesting out of this episode that came up. Uh, when the AT-ATs are dropped down next to the Hammerhead um, cruisers, they were uh, these. They were dropped off by some sort of ship that kind of magnetically just set them down. And I think ground clamps is what they were. They called them gravity clamps, I think. No, the walkers. The walkers. So the walkers were like dropped off by like a like a magnetic kind of shuttle, right? It just kind of drops in there. And I'd always thought to myself, how the heck did those walkers get onto Hoth, right? But now we know. Now they were just kind of like magnetically dropped down, just the way that we've seen in the Attack of the Clones, like the with the ATTE. Yeah. Yeah, those, those same thing, the big, ships. huge lat gunship that kind of just drops it in place and then flies off again. Mm-hmm. Same kind of thing. Um, but yeah. Cool. Finally seen it, right? Finally seen it. Yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there. Also, yeah, the gravity locks you were saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that the bro- I found it really funny that they brought those in. Yeah. And they specifically say, uh, Princess, your ships have a habit of being stolen whenever you bring them somewhere. So yeah. we, we brought these in in extra security. I thought that was actually really <laughs> smart because um, 
it's cool to see how the early rebel fleet was built by using mostly now quote stolen, stolen ships yeah. right and it's basically due to leia and bail having incidents all the time where their yeah. ships get stolen but the empire is really on to what they're doing yeah they're they are and yeah I'm, and i'm wondering how many times they've done this a few times i think if they're this aware like if this doesn't happen to anyone else i feel like it's so obvious exactly so. um i also love what they did here this episode features three hammerhead corvettes mm -hmm. the ones that they're trying to steal which were also featured later in 2016 when rogue one came out that's right in december and the episode that, that this episode premiered in January 2016. So at the end of this year, when Rogue One came out, we saw those same Corvettes that the Rebellion used in the Battle of Scarif mm -hmm. and basically saved the whole operation. When, when the, They're the ones that pushed the Star Destroyer. Yeah. Into the, I think it was the other Star Destroyer. And then yeah. that one crashed into the shield. Exactly. Yeah. So that was but, really cool. But these were brought back into canon. Because yeah. these were originally for the KOTOR games. Yeah, that, once again, more EU stuff being brought mm -hmm. back. But yeah, it was it was cool to see how the Rebellion acquired these ships, seeing as they were somehow kind of these old junker transport ships being used by Alderaan to, to shuttle supplies to and from the planets, you know, for aid, you know, for relief effort. Uh, but then being the fact that they are very sturdy ships and have some battle capacity to them, I guess they thought the Rebellion can use this, these you know, to the for the, for their fleet, um, let's get them to steal them, right? And so that was kind of cool to see how those those famous ships in Rogue One came into their possession. But I think there was also some story group involvement there. You know, there must have been some communication between the production side of Rogue One and and Star Wars Rebels. I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I don't know if you noticed, but in that scene specifically in Rogue One, that they use the hammerhead. Uh, cruisers to like push the star destroyer and the front of it because it's like that big wide shovel kind of wedge shape. Yep. Like the perfect ship for the job. Yeah. Because it just wedges right into a nook of the star destroyer and just you know starts pushing. Yeah, exactly. It's like the perfect ship for the for the the task. You so know? I don't know which which show story group suggested for it first before being yeah. funneling into the other one. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, I would imagine. Maybe Rogue One was onto it first. Maybe Probably. someone, someone suggested using some old ships like like that for the but, film. The only thing that makes me question that is you just said that the previous episode of the of Rebels was on. It was the last episode before Force Awakens came out. Yeah, the so previous how, one was. How yeah. far into development would Rogue, Rogue One have been? That's the question, right? Well. At this point in time, it definitely would have been in post. Post and reshoots, probably. If I were to put a guess on it. Because it's the following year? It's the same year. So that this episode released January 2016. Sorry, I mean Force Awakens and Rogue One. Force Awakens came out 2015 December. And then Rogue One is 2016. December. Yeah, so, was, yeah. so one year later. Okay. So the, the, the animation efforts of Season 2 of Rebels, though, would have taken place during 15, 2015. And that would have been kind of when production would have been kind of head on in, in Rogue One, right? So I imagine that there was some communication there at some point, you know, when they were perhaps whipping up assets for this particular episode in, in Rebels. And, uh, you know, there must have been some sort of initiative there 
and story group being involved in all the stories happening, you know, all across the board, perhaps saw an opportunity to explain perhaps, you know, oh, well, we made the decision to, you know, assist with putting these old EU ships into cannon by having them at their Battle of Scarif, you know, part of the rebel fleet, whatever else. Uh, it would be cool to tell kind of like how the rebels got those ships. You know, let's let's throw that story into Rebels since there's a, a story brewing over here where they do steal some ships. Perhaps they can be the same ship, right? Yeah, that makes sense. I can see them doing that. Yeah. Um, that is... Maybe sees them like, oh, that's cool. I know what that is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's all I got for this one. Uh, Pablo points or Pudus. What'd you give, what'd you give this one? Uh, it was nice seeing the princess, but there was a number of things that annoyed me. Yeah. So, oh, we didn't even get to the second part. So the first part was that they are so aware of um, the princess, like clearly giving all the rebels all the stuff because this keeps happening. Yeah. But then on top of that, it's so obvious at the end she's the only person left that clearly she was involved again. Yeah. Like, oh, you have to pretend to knock me out or whatever. And like everyone else is dead. I think she kind of like, sold <laughs> it when they're like, oh, you couldn't even protect your own ship from being stolen. Yeah, she starts like, calling them out. Yeah, I think they, they, like, they're definitely she, on to her, She though. disappears, so Kanan and Ezra dressed as the troopers again, and so they, they quote, kidnap her Yeah, while trying to save her so that they can go back to the base of the rider. And then when they come back, they turn on all the other troopers, so it's really obvious that they were also involved, so then all of them must be rebels. <laughs> Right. So then the princess has to be rebel. <laughs> right. Yeah. It was just like, yeah, bad math on the Imperials fault, I guess. But yes. I don't know. I, I, to me, that's it. Maybe they're just playing into why Vader is so aware that she's a rebel and a traitor. Yeah. Cause he's so convinced too. Right. But I, I, I don't know. I think there's, there's definitely more to it than just seeing that ship fly off into, into space at the end of Rogue One. Like, I think he, like when he gets aboard and he sees oh, who's yeah. there. I think he knows. He's like, oh, yeah, this is it. That just, again, then, makes them just so incredibly incompetent. Yeah, yeah, it is. So, to me, that's a huge detractor. Yeah, that, that, that's fair. So, I'm going to say 0. 0.7. 0. 0.7 Pablo points? Yeah. I'm going to give it a Bendu. Okay. Yeah. It was really cool. To The only reason why it's not like a... I mean, it's not bad. It's just not like super great. But it was really cool to see Leia, mm -hmm. and the voice actress who who voiced her was very talented at doing a very good Carrie impersonation. Was it her daughter? No, somebody else. Uh, Joe. Uh, oh shoot, what's her name? Julie Julie Dolan. Okay. Yeah, so that was really cool, and and weirdly enough. This episode, having it come out in 2016 and in, in January 20th, I mean, this was not only like a solid 12 months away from the release of Rogue One, but a, a solid 12 months away from Carrie's death. So, you know, it makes me wonder, like, maybe she saw this. Maybe she saw this episode, saw her animated form. I'm just trying to put all the math together in my head. So that means... Because she passed away... Uh, is it like right before after? the film released, I think, before oh. Rogue One came out. I thought that was Last Jedi. No, it was it was uh because they were Rogue One. they were done filming. Yeah, jo uh, Last Jedi. Yeah, they had they had finished. But it hadn't come out yet. No, 
That was I the, think it was the following far year. Into, at post, it was at least summer. It, yeah. It, so so Carrie passed away December twenty seventh, twenty sixteen. So it was. Uh, that was December. Uh, oh yes. So it was. Sorry, I thought I thought she died before Rogue One. No, it was after by about ten days. Dang. Still, that's really close. It's still it's very close. Yeah. I thought it was much later than that. No. Yeah, and then 2017 was uh, was Last Jedi, mm. but yeah, at that point they'd filmed all that she, they needed to for her scenes, yeah. and that's when they started having rewrite problems for Episode Nine. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, there we there we have it. Um, so yeah. Was that? Is there? One more, isn't there? Nope. Uh, actually, that I think I'm just looking at our list. I think that covers four today. Oh. So we start with Stealth Strike Episode 9, hit Episode 10, Future of the Forest, Episode 11, Legacy, and Episode 12, A Princess on Lothal. That is the... Uh, it went by so fast. The meat and potatoes. Yeah, that's everything. What, what's the expression I'm looking for? That's it, folks. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Something. <laughs> I don't know. There, there's like an expression to like something food related, but whatever. Um, that's that's the Bantha Burger, everybody. No, that doesn't work. Yeah, I don't know. I don't keep, know. keep pitching here. Keep yeah. pitching. Okay, if you haven't put your name in the giveaway, everybody, check oh, out the yeah. description link below. We haven't talked about the giveaway. Uh, we talk about the giveaway every, every episode. So make sure you hit the link in the description for your chance to win a Orbit Key Star Wars Retro Series Key Organizer so that you don't get those pokey things jabbing at your leg in your pocket so that you don't get the jingling when you rock around the blo- walk around the block uh it's significantly easier to open up your door gives it a nice handle it's a nice leather sleeve to put your keys in they just twist out like a swift swiss army knife and uh super handy they're actually. super handy yeah they're super um, great just the fact that it doesn't the keys don't scratch my phone screen anymore yeah the most important part exactly so throw your name in the hat you got a chance to win a free one and uh we will announce the winner in less than 10 days by the time this episode drops. So make sure you check that out. And a big thank you to Orbit Key again for, for uh, you know, for allowing us to do this. Great opportunity. Wait, and so you're saying by the time this episode comes out? There will be about nine days left. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So, I thought you were saying that it'll be already be over. Nope, nine days less. But I gotta, I gotta keep that in mind for when we do these recordings. I gotta be like, oh, I gotta be ahead of it. Um, so yeah, uh, definitely stay tuned uh, and uh, be sure to uh, follow our socials. And uh, we'll exit you out, sir. Thank you again for joining us, and uh, we'll see you in the next episode. We'll see you out there. Keep flying. Thank you guys for tuning into the podcast. And as always, we appreciate reviews and five stars. And if you can't give five stars, maybe just write a review and tell us why. Um, we really just love to hear from our audience. So uh, definitely check out our Discord. The, di- the giveaway uh, link in the description, always with Rebels Talk. Check the descriptions for which episodes to watch before you listen. And we will see you in the next episode of Star Wars Escape Pod or Rebels Talk. May the force be with you. 